In the name of the one whose birth we await, amen. As Christians gather throughout the world on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we find ourselves in the final countdown to Christmas. The last candle on the Advent wreath is lit, and we are nearing the end of our pop-up Advent calendars. If we haven't finished decorating, gift-buying, and Christmas-baking, we are right in the middle of it, panicked with last-minute to-do lists. If we haven't readied our home for guests, we might be in the midst of that as well. In short, this can be one of the most hectic weeks of Advent, when actually we as Christians need most of all to slow down, reflect, and ponder what it means to await the coming of the Christ child into our world and into our lives. Last weekend, I was blessed to attend a Christmas concert at the National Cathedral in Washington. When we arrived, the temporary stage was stark except for a bank of red poinsettias, a wreath on the Canterbury pulpit, and of course, the Advent wreath. Then from the back of the cathedral, we suddenly heard what sounded like one voice, but was actually a choir of 145 people singing Once in Royal David City in a cappella. And that angelic body moved forth, filling the soaring Gothic space with a holy presence that captivated my soul. At last, it was impossible for me not to slow down and reflect on what this holy season is all about. I had just returned from my third trip to Cameroon, West Africa, this time for the opening ceremony of Good Shepherd Academy, which is beginning to fulfill Sister Jane Monka's long-held dream of building a residential secondary school for 350 co-ed students. As a result, I could not help but hear the voices of my Cameroonian sisters and brothers and the words of the hymns and carols, moving me from the magnificence of the cathedral setting to the grim reality of life in a developing nation. And I couldn't help but wonder, What does it mean that once again we await the birth of the Christ child filled with the expectation and hope of a new tomorrow? What does it mean that once again we long for new beginnings and new life? Here again, portions of Psalm 80. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock, shine forth, you that are enthroned in the cherubim. Stir up your strength and come to help us. You have fed your people with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. So many of our sisters and brothers in Cameroon and throughout the developing world have been fed the bread of tears every day of their life. Take 
a young girl named Precious, for example. One of the brightest students in her fifth grade class, this 12-year-old girl was not allowed to attend school. You see, secondary school in Cameroon is not mandatory. So, as a result, there are very, very few secondary schools for the thousands of eager students that want to attend. And those who do find a coveted spot must pay school fees, even in the government schools. Precious's family could not afford to pay her school fees. So regardless of the dreams this young girl had for her life, regardless of her stellar performance throughout her primary school years, she had no choice but to stay at home. As the neighborhood children left for their five-mile walk to school and five-mile walk back each morning in their bright blue cotton uniforms with white collars, Precious could only cry. She was forced to work at the garden and her home then do the laundry and the household chores for her family of eight brothers and sisters. Precious ate the bread of tears every day, for she knew the life of abject poverty that awaited her. She knew she would never be able to break out of the cycle of poverty that had plagued her family for generations. She knew that she would soon be sold for the highest bride price her father could obtain. So she did what any young girl anywhere in the world would do in those circumstances. She ate the bread of tears, and she drank the bowl of tears. Then one day, her mother received a very unexpected phone call from Sister Jane Monka, who had heard of the plight of Precious. The foundation I chair, Good Shepherd, SLF, had just released additional scholarship funds for the newly completed Phase 1 of Good Shepherd Academy <coughs> excuse me, in Bafut, a state-of-the-art secondary school built exclusively with American donations. A secondary school that, unlike every other school in Cameroon, focuses on independent thought, critical thinking, creativity, leadership, and inclusivity of all kinds. A secondary school that, unlike any other school in Africa, teaches not only Christianity, but world religion and religious tolerance beginning in sixth grade. Secondary school that places a very high priority on educating the poorest of the poor through scholarship donations with first priorities given to the orphans of Good Shepherd Home, which Calvary Church here in Summit has supported since the very beginning of the orphanage over 13 years ago. With that one phone call, Precious's life changed forever. Precious no longer eats the bread of tears. When I arrived at Good Shepherd Academy late one night, after 20 hours of flying time and an arduous nine-hour car ride over run-down, potholed roads, there was Precious with her 20 other pioneer students of our first class waiting to greet us in their brand-new uniforms. 
and Precious had just been elected the senior prefect of the school. There she was, leading the student choir and singing America the Beautiful to tell us how much they welcomed us into their new school and how much they appreciated what all the Americans had done for them. And Precious led that choir with authority and pride and a sense of her place as a leader in this new school that, from her vantage point, was literally a miracle. It had just sprung up overnight, and there it was, sort of like a savior for her. How had this miracle occurred? It occurred for one reason and one reason only. Because over 2,000 years ago, as today's reading from the Gospel of Matthew tells us, the birth of the Messiah took place in this way. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And yes, God was, and God is, and God evermore shall be with us. The miracle, the birth of the one we await, is nothing less than the miracle of God who comes to earth as a tiny, vulnerable infant to show us how to be in relationship with one another, who comes to show us that we are all part of the body of Christ, whether we live in Summit, New Jersey, or Cameroon, West Africa, or Aleppo, Syria, or Paris, France, to show us what it means to be sisters and brothers with people we may never see but who are intimately part of us nonetheless to show us that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. So therefore, we must care. We must act. We must reach out our hands in love, for that is the only way forward for our world and for us. So how about you? Where do you find yourself in this final countdown to Christmas? Are you, like I often am, so caught up in the 24-hour news cycle, the relentless advertisements, the unrealistic expectations of this season that you really can't see your way past Christmas morning? That's where you find yourself. I invite you to Take this prayerful time that we have together this morning in this sacred space to do your own reflecting, pondering, and wondering. What is it all about? What does it mean that once again we await the birth of the Christ child filled with the expectation and hope of a new tomorrow? What does it mean that in seven days we will be celebrating the birth of Emmanuel, 
God with us, God in human form, God who came to earth to show us how to live with one another. Is there someone in your midst eating the bread of tears right now? Maybe in your own family? Maybe in your church family, this community, or somewhere in the world? Is there somebody waiting expectantly for you during this Advent season to be the hands and feet of Christ for them? Or are you not in that place this year? Are you perhaps waiting for somebody, anybody, to reach out to you? <clears throat> We're all in this, <coughs> excuse me, together. We're all part of the body of Christ. We all need each other. One we await so expectantly, so full of hope, came into the world to show us the way. Let us reflect and pray and ponder. For there is no greater question that we can ask ourselves. How are you meant to follow the one whose birth we await right now, in this time, in this place? Amen.